How about this? Here we go. This is something new. Yeah, you're behind the controls now. Yeah, how's it feel being in the other seat? I'm looking forward to this. I just get to talk and then log off my computer and go eat dinner. No editing, no recording, nothing. This is you don't have to worry about a thing. No. Well, I guess I'll be the first in saying welcome to the Eminem football show. Not to be confused with the rapper Eminem. I just thought of that, actually. Oh, Slim Shady? Slim Shady or uh, the uh, candy M&Ms. The candy. I would, yeah, the candy would probably be a little bit more uh, more confusing because M and M. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll explain why it's M&M. I'm, uh, I'm Andrew Meehan. I'm joined alongside Nick Mara over Zoom because that's how things are done nowadays. It's all virtual. It really is. We uh, started back in iHeartMedia. What, in December? I think that's when I got hired on, right? <laughs> Yeah, and we needed the help because everybody was leaving. It was we were in the middle of the pandemic, and Yikes. thousands of people had been furloughed. And you had and sports coming off. back. We had sports coming back. We were uh, we were gearing up for Providence College hockey and URI basketball, and our our weekend shows were having so much success that we just needed to bring in uh, additional people. Yeah, and that's how you know this whole thing started. It's just it's, been, it's been a ride ever since, man. It is the uh, the first chapter in a long story. That's a great way of putting it. Mm. How about that? And you know, we've this is what our third podcast we've started on. I know I was on a couple of uh, moving the goalposts with you, and then we recently just got done with the complete collection about the Falcon yes. and the Winter Soldier. Yes, that was uh, that was a ride for sure. Oh, absolutely! I thought it, it was very enjoyable. We're going to talk about your New England. Patriots, a Tom Brady-less New England Patriots, a seven and nine in twenty twenty New England Patriots. Yeah, it's the uh, not the first time in my life that they've been uh, that they finish a season with a losing record, but first time I've ever experienced them with a losing record. I don't know, man. This whole I guess we're gonna get started with the NFL draft. A lot of uncertainty. On uncertainty, I can't talk at the end of the day. I mean, so obviously we'll get the you know elephant out of the room, what everybody's been talking about for probably since the end of the 2020 season. What are the Patriots going to do a quarterback? It's, you know, so I don't even know if Brian Horry has a job yet. Good question. It's very, nothing from his camp, huh? Absolutely nothing. I just expected him to retire. Yeah, I mean, listen, the last time we saw him playing an NFL game, I'm pretty sure was his appearance against the Chiefs this year. Yep. It was an absolute disaster. The guy, he doesn't look competent enough to play in the NFL. He's he's Awful. 35 years old. I had no idea he was that old. Or that uh, 2000- well, when did he get drafted? I think, well, I guess he was, yeah, it was the uh, 09 season was his first 09? season. He was 24 in 2009. Ugh. He is currently a free agent. <laughs> so I guess we'll leave that at that. And then, of course, they have the uh, starter coming back, Cam Newton. And quarterback Jarrett Stidham honestly I'm not too I don't want to get too much into this conversation because I guess we'll save it for another episode I want to focus the QB conversation on the prospects in the 2021 draft but I'm just I I hold them at the same level I mean I know Stidham's posting all these workout videos and all this and he's hanging out with Hunter Henry down in Mexico and he's you know Pat's West he didn't even sniff a rep with the starters last year in camp. So I don't know what the hell he did to, you know, piss off Belichick, but I, I don't know. I hold them at the same level. I don't know how guys can be getting excited for Stidham more than they are Newton. 
I don't know how you feel about the two. I mean, I think uh, no matter what you do, you're playing, you're, you're going to be walking into a gunfight with like a dagger. Yeah. You, you're, you're not going to win with either of these guys under center. Uh, theoretically, you could say that Newton should be better. Not even theoretically. He should be better. A year in the system, yeah. he'll have an oh actual God. off season. He'll be one year extra removed from shoulder surgery or foot surgery or whatever he's had to get over the last five years. Yeah, um, yeah. So he should be better, but you are not going to be better as a team with him. You are, and Jarrett Stidham, I don't even know if he's going to be in the NFL. I think uh, this is kind of his last chance because if he doesn't make the team next year, because I'll assume that they they keep him around. Uh, I don't know if he's going to stick on with any other team. So, yeah, I mean, the quarterback position, it's a glaring weakness for this team and, and definitely something that they should be interested in acquiring during the draft, whether it's through a pick of their own or acquiring another pick or a possible trade with some teams. Right. And that's what we're going to get into. So I guess we'll go over the uh, prospects for uh... – QBs in this 2021 draft and it's it's pretty good it's a decent I wouldn't even say it's a more than decent quarterback class do we even want to talk about the guys that they're probably not even going to be able to come in with a 10 mile radius so, so yes I do just because it pisses me off that this team treated last season the way that they did knowing that they had a are we swearing on this podcast by the way go right ahead Okay, knowing that they had nothing vulgar or racist. (laughs) Okay, perfect. (laughs) Knowing that they had a really shitty situation at quarterback and they still tried to win every single game. If you had just accepted the fact when they were, what were they, two and five at one point this season? And I think it was the game that they beat the Jets, like right at the in, uh, was it overtime that they beat them? No, it I was think, like no, last they, second uh, field goal. I think yep, Nick Folk, Folk. The last second field goal. If you had just lost that game, mm-hmm. you would have had an inside track to the number one overall pick. So because you're a fan, you're a fan time, of the tank. I was a huge fan of the tank because I was ah, a tank for Trevor guy. God. I was a tank for. Tra- have you seen this man play football? Yes, I have. He's unbelievable, and he would have gone to a team that would have given him an actual opportunity to succeed. I'm not saying that Jacksonville is not going to be any good. I'm also not saying that uh, the Jets aren't going to be better with Zach Wilson. But both of those guys are the clear-cut one and two. Yeah, I am a little pissed that we can't talk about them because we have every reason in the world to be having these discussions of really who are they going to go with that quarterback. And instead, you know, we got to hope and pray for for other things. But that's oh. it's too much or else I'll get real hot. Well, as as, as many uh, mock drafts as you know, they would tell you, obviously they have Trevor Lawrence going number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them ruining him. I feel bad. Sorry, Trevor. Did you see he got married too? Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the stories I've been following along is they bought him a vacuum cleaner, like the city of Jacksonville bought him a vacuum cleaner because it was on his... Uh, his wedding registry. And then they also raised like $30,000 to donate to a charity of his choice. Yeah. All right. They are ready for their new, their new fans in other markets, much nicer than us. A vacuum though. You know what? Is that something to put on your registry? I know like nice China and 
you know. I guess. I mean, it was like a three hundred dollar vacuum, though. Oh well, bully for Trevor Lawrence. I, he, yeah. he may not have been able to afford that in you know the next yeah. couple of days. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So Trevor Lawrence going number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars, unless something just crazy happens in the next week or so. And then we have Zach Wilson from BYU going to number two. I'm I'm not high on Zach Wilson. Like who did he, who did BYU really? play last year? I mean, who was it? Coastal Carolina that killed him in that last game. I mean, I don't know. I just didn't think the competition he faced was the most showing in in uh, competition. Yeah, you know, last year was an interesting year for everybody. And it's going to be very difficult to evaluate a lot of these guys, no matter what position they're playing or what team they were playing for, or even what conference they were playing in or division they were playing in. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of unknowns. So I think what you're really trying to do with, with anybody in this draft is look at the player's individual ceiling and see what kind of upside you can get. And all I've been hearing of, of Zach Wilson is this guy's like the Mormon Mahomes. Now, that's a very, 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 very uh, extreme comparison. Yeah. Because I've mean, never, I don't think I've ever seen him take a snap, but I would buy, I buy into the hype 100% because I haven't heard a single person say anything negative about him. Yeah. I mean, he certainly put on a show last year, but I just, I don't know. I, I look at his schedule, I look at BYU's schedule, I'm just like, eh. I mean, who'd you guys play? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if we're going to look at the, let's say there's there's five quarterbacks that could be given a first round grade uh, essentially it's what it seems to be and if we're going to look at those five guys four of them played uh a full season three of them played against conference opponents that ended up making it into the college football playoff well i mean three of the teams made it into the college football playoff one guy missed a couple of games due to COVID-19. One guy missed a couple of games because he was playing in the Big Ten and they didn't have full season. And then playing on a team that a lot of people always say doesn't really face a lot of stiff competition either. So, again, every single one of these guys is going to have flaws if you're looking for it. I am one to think positively this year when it comes to these quarterbacks. I think any one of them could be fantastic. So I, I, nearly nothing negative to say will be uh, coming from me. I'm trying nearly. to look it up. Is it just me? I've never heard, I haven't heard anybody else say this, but I want to confirm. Jim McMahon went to BYU, right? Yes. So did Steve Young. So Zach, did, uh, Zach Wilson's kind of pulling off a. Jim McMahon, look with the bandana. I've, oh, I haven't yeah. heard anybody else say that. Yeah, you're right. All right, well, Wilson, he's got, oh, well, let's see, a little over 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions tied for 21st. I mean, I don't know. I think the Jets are going to ruin him because, you know, it's the Jets. But And who, who do they have? Who do they have around him? Um. I mean, they they drafted a guy last year. I'm drawing a blank on his first name. I think his last name was Mims. Uh, but they drafted a receiver last year in second round, third round that 
could have some potential, but I mean, you're absolutely right. There's so many holes on in that franchise starting at the top. I mean, you want to talk about people that have missed on the draft. <laughs> yeah, it's Jets. the Jets. But what you're hoping for is not only that you would be bringing in your franchise quarterback, but that you would be taking all these other picks that you've accrued from that trade with the Seahawks mm-hmm. and getting quality players there. You know, they're going to have a new coach this year. Uh, Robert Sala. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I take that back. No more Adam Gase. That's that'll that's a big big improvement. But, but you are going to have a defensive head coach, so right. I don't know how if they have a quarterback guru in place or whoever their offensive coordinator is that can take this guy, you know, under his wing and teach him a few things. Great, but other than that, he's kind of on his own and uh, doesn't seem like he's going to get a hell of a lot of support from that city. Right, right. I don't know. It's you know, it's tough. Because let's, I mean, Sam Darnold, unsuccessful as a Jets QB, he's going to get another try in uh, in Carolina this year potentially. If Carolina doesn't uh, do anything at the quarterback position other than Sam Darnold, I don't know. We'll see. But I, they had actually Joe Flacco. He started against the uh, Patriots and put up some numbers. But again, they just another team that hasn't been able to hit on a quarterback. So that was Zach Wilson. Now we're moving on to Trey Lance, who did not play last year. So Trey Lance, the the biggest unknown since like, oh man, I'm trying to think of a real deep, deep reference here. Well, in 2019, he won 192 for uh, 287 with a completion rating of 66.9. No, not just under about like 2,786 yards and 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. So there are some comparables like earlier today, I was on the NFL's website uh, and taking a look at their official draft analysis of individual players. And they do what a lot of other people do in making comparables. And the, uh, the two quarterbacks that I was looking at were Trey Lance and Justin Fields and the comparable that they gave for Trey Lance, uh, another guy with a whole lot of upside that, really needed to kind of be groomed and and brought into the league over time, Josh Allen. So I don't think anybody is expecting Trey Lance to be a starter in the NFL on day one. I'm pretty sure he's only like 20 years old. So even if he were to sit on a bench somewhere and hold a clipboard for three years, like that's still the same age as Tom Brady was when he won a Super Bowl in 2001. No, he's definitely, I, Highly agree with you. He's definitely a guy you probably want to sit and just hold that clipboard for a little bit and learn under, you know, whoever he's going to, I think it's going to be a huge factor of who he learns under. Say he goes to the 49ers and they do keep Jimmy Garoppolo. They start with him for the season. It's a good guy to learn under, but yeah, I mean, I think it might be a one, one or two years of uh, grooming before we see a train land start. I don't know. I could be wrong, but kind of not playing you know not playing last year and just that fcs championship as his last outing as a quarterback in college i mean yeah you're right to say that he's might be you know might spend a little time on the bench yeah definitely going to be some question marks around trey lance so i guess we'll move on to justin fields from ohio state 158 completions for 225 attempts 70.2 completion rating 2,100 yards right on the dot, 22 touchdowns and six interceptions. 
and a trip to the uh, championship that he lost to against Alabama. So what are your thoughts on Justin Fields? I mean, he's another interesting one because you look at an eight game season, there's really not much to go off of. Justin Fields is actually the guy coming into the, I don't know, what would you call it? The recruiting phase of these colleges. Like it was him and Trevor Lawrence, one, two, and they were very close through high school up until college. And, uh, and Justin Fields had a pretty successful career. Like if you look at his last full season at Ohio state, he threw 41 touchdowns and only threw three interceptions. So he's a guy who's not really going to make a lot of mistakes. He turned the ball over less than 10 times through the air in his collegiate career. That's appealing. The one thing that I would say he's going to need to work on is his ability to kind of uh, continue a play when it breaks down. If his first reads not there, kind of like his, his improvisational skills, if something doesn't immediately go to script, I don't know if he's going to be capable of going through his progressions and extending the play and, you know, making an NFL level play. It's one thing to scramble for three yards, four yards and get out of Dodge. It's another thing entirely to still be able to get, you know, 15, 20, 25 yards on a play like that, where it breaks down and you're in the scramble drill. Right. Uh, right. I'm hoping that he meets his player comparable who uh, the NFL put him as a guy like Dak Prescott. One thing about Dak Prescott that I like, it's his ability to lead. And if there's one thing about Justin Fields that I like, it's that I know this kid's got balls. Cause when he got absolutely. I know what you're talking about. Lammed. Yeah. Oh, I was hurt. And he comes back and the very first thing he does is throw a touchdown. I remember. Oh, I didn't even think of that until you said it. He's a tough. He's a tough guy. Tough guy. Tough guy. And if you're going to have a successful quarterback in the NFL, they need to uh, be available and availability and uh, endurance and stamina and durability. It's all very important. And I think Justin Fields proved himself last year after that. that play in particular. Absolutely. And now that we're getting into the part of the uh, QB list uh, for draft prospects, we're speaking a little bit more of the Patriots language at number four, kind of getting there. So we talked about Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags at number one, Wilson going to the Jets at number two. I think those are obviously your two locked in draft picks as of right now. Uh, Trey Lance may be going to San Francisco. You could say is locked in at three or fields. I think it's definitely either going to be the two. The Falcons at four, Bengals at five, Dolphins at six, Lions seven, eight at the Carolina Panthers. I'll stop at eight because there have been a lot of rumors that Carolina isn't interested in trading out of that eighth spot. Could the Patriots move up? Absolutely. I don't know what they would want to give up. But now we're going to talk about if is Justin Fields going to drop down that much? We haven't mentioned Mac Jones yet, and Mac Jones had a Pretty good pro, you know, pretty good couple of pro days. Belichick mm-hmm. was there, Josh McDaniels, along with the two uh, very combative duo from uh, the 49ers. It, it, it just seems to me like too obvious that you would have Belichick McDaniels 
Lynch and Shanahan at an Alabama pro day where both teams are looking for a quarterback. And I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure if, if San Francisco has any connections to Nick Saban, but it's I was trying obvious to think that Belichick has connections. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, him and Saban obviously go way back. He, you know, a lot of people have been complaining about like not complaining, but not sounding positive as Belichick doing business with people that he knows he's gotten some pretty good draft picks out of Alabama. You talk about Dante Hightower more recently, Damian Harris, who showed that he can be a number one uh, starting running back in the NFL for the Patriots. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any problems if as long as they play like Hightower and Harris and everybody else that they've gotten from Alabama, I got no problem, but yeah, I can't really think of any connections between Shanahan or Lynch that would be linked to Alabama. But right. Belichick, it's, you know, obviously they've been doing business for quite some time. So, I mean, because someone was trying to say at one point that they were there to look at Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, and they were just going to add to the offense and, and keep Garoppolo. And it, there's no way they're doing that. There's no way that you're going to give up the collateral that you did as the 49ers to move from 12 to three to take a wide receiver. Yeah, you got to go quarterback. I mean, so here's the thing with Jimmy G. Obviously, everybody knows that he can't stay healthy, you know, and that goes back to the Patriots when he was starting Mm -hmm. uh, for the first four four games of Tom Brady suspension. What was it? Buffalo? He got hurt with the uh, shoulder. I'm sorry, Miami. And what did he have last year? He had the ankle and then what? Was Uh, it also a shoulder? Didn't he? I thought there was like a concussion in there somewhere. I know the I know. The ankle was last because then he missed the rest of the season. So what what did he have first? Some type of was... upper body. The guy is made of glass. No, he can't stay healthy for shit. And that's why I wouldn't be so keen on the Patriots getting him. Because if he All doesn't right. stay healthy for us, then that blows up in our face again. And we're right back to where we started. But I guess it if you're going to be investing money into a guy, then yeah, that would suck. If you're going to pay him $25 million to sit on IR... That sucks. If he's willing to renegotiate his contract, which I don't necessarily know why he would if he doesn't have to. is Would he be willing to come back to New England for that? Would he be willing to renegotiate to come back to New England? I think New England's really the only place in the league right now that can rehabilitate him and give him an opportunity to have a legitimate career as a starter in the NFL. I'm not saying that he's going to be like a pro bowler or an all pro or anything like that, but you know, you're 10 to 15 good quality when you, you know, a couple of games during the year, yeah. uh, not going to lose you many games, 10 and six level starting quarterback. I mean, listen, I can't even guarantee who's going to be alive on Sunday. <laughs> I can't guarantee that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded Anytime during the draft. Can't I'm, we talk I'm we talked about you. those comments? I mean that's and that's why I said the combative duo in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan as they just don't like talking to the media. They don't know what's gonna happen with Jimmy G. Are they playing it's mind all, games? It's it's like they're trying to keep the world's worst kept secret. Everybody knows you're gonna take a quarterback. Right. It's not as though you're gonna manipulate the board that much by taking one of the three guys that somebody is planning on being gone by pick number 10 
right? Because right. there's going to be like five guys that go in the first 10 picks or something ridiculous like that this year. Yeah, if they moved up to three and they took a quarterback and they took someone like Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond or something like that, one of those second tier guys, yeah, that would be surprising. That would throw a lot of people off. Uh, they're not going to do that. So I don't know what secret they're trying to keep from people, why they're trying to be so coy about it. I mean, the Jaguars have pretty much made it obvious they're going with uh, with Lawrence. Jets are pretty much saying they're obviously going with Wilson. Like, what do you gain as a franchise if you truly know who it is that you're going to take and refuse to tell anybody or show your hand in one way or another? There's really nothing to gain, is there? No. I mean, you could say that by not revealing anything, teams may be more willing to trade up. But if you've been the organization that's already made that trade, and you know who you want, you're really going to take the chance to trade back again. Doesn't really make sense to me either. So. Well, there are a handful I, of teams. Oh, go ahead. I, I think they're going Mac Jones though. I think San Francisco is going to go Mac Jones, but there are a handful of teams that need a quarterback. Besides exactly. New England. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the scary part. I, that's why I think the draft is really going to start because all indications are that Atlanta is going to take a guy and Cincinnati doesn't need a quarterback. Miami's not going to take a quarterback. Detroit's probably not going to take a quarterback. This draft is going to start with the Carolina Panthers. If there's going to be any type of movement, it's probably going to happen with that number eight pick. So, right. That's and that's when, only in the top 10 Denver oh, needs yeah. a quarterback, Minnesota. I mean, who do they have cousins? I would say they need a quarterback. I would say they could explore the idea. The, tough thing though is if you need a quarterback and three guys have already been taken and you've got Panay Sewell staring you at the face or Jamar Chase or Micah Parsons staring you at the in the face Patrick Sertan like all these guys that in other years if the quarterbacks were not if you didn't have two quarterbacks that were no doubters at the top of the draft and then another three guys that probably would have been reaches but a first round pick top five all of them at one point or another there's going to be a lot of really good players that slide some really good players so even if i need a quarterback or i could use a quarterback if i can get the best defensive player or i can get the best receiver or the best offensive lineman that's going to fill a need i'm doing that well, that's, I think, the expectation for the Patriots. If they don't take a quarterback, is uh, they're going to take a defensive guy. I think it's most likely probably going to be Micah Parsons from uh, Penn State, right? Penn I, State? I hope it is. Yeah. I hope it is. I think uh, the, the highlights that I've seen of him, he, he seems to play with some explosiveness, some power, uh, strong guy. I heard, and I don't remember where I heard it from, but he may be a little bit of an immature guy. So you might need to spend some time in, in a room with Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower uh, and Bill Belichick before well, he I think becomes it's definitely, like a pro. It's certainly the uh, station of, we don't take any bullshit mm. when you come to, when you come to new England. So that's certainly a destination where Micah Parsons could probably clean that up. But I think that if they were going to go with a defensive player, they're going to go front seven and best front seven player 
out there is, in my opinion, as the NFL draft expert that I am, it's got to be Micah Parsons, though. Right, right. Either that or the uh, Rhode Island guy, Quitey Pay. Exactly. Michigan. How about him, I, huh? I didn't know that until last week. Someone, I don't even remember how I found out about it, but I think somebody mentioned that he's from Rhode Island. So I looked it up because it was like, I don't remember hearing anything. Yeah, he, about uh, play, he played at Hendrickson. I yeah. think so. If he was a senior this year, he was a. He graduated in 17. Yeah. So he was a junior. Jesus, was he a junior? Yeah, he was a junior. So I played against him. And we got smoked by Hendrigan. I don't know by how much, but we got our asses kicked. And we'll just leave it at that. And I'm sure yeah. Quaidy was out there. Yeah. But I, I was saying to uh, to Mike Masala this morning about how, oh, yeah, you know, he's he's got an interesting story as well. So I think when he was like six months, years old, six yeah. months, years old. Wow. There you go. It has been a long day. That's when he was Monday. like, yeah, when he was six months. I almost did it again. Six months <laughs> old. They left like New Guinea. Yeah. And they came to Providence and then he started playing football like it's just, it's just like one of these. It's like the Joel Embiid story where like the guy didn't start playing basketball until he was in high school. I don't know if he was playing Pop Warner or anything, but he was a freaking house. Yeah. I think he's six, three, two forty, something like that. Like he's a monster and he's another edge rusher from Michigan. And we know how much the Patriots like their edge rushers from Michigan and took Chase Winovich two years ago. They took Josh Uche last year. So I made a prediction. I'm not going to reveal it right away, but I, I, I've already made a prediction on the record about what I think New England's going to do in the first round. I'll give you a little hint. I think that uh, Pay may be involved. If it's not a, if it's not, it's, if it's not a quarterback, it's definitely got to be defensive. I hope not a cornerback because we haven't really exactly hit on those in the past couple of years. No, Duke we Johnson, haven't. Cyrus Jones and uh But Andrew, we're gonna need one because we our two best corners only got one year left on their contracts. Very true. So if Very you true. can if you can again get a guy like Sertan or JC Horn, who I, I've heard a lot of really good things about. Uh Asante Samuel's son is in this draft. Asante yeah, Samuel. How about Jr., that? Which from, uh, I would Florida State. Yep. Defensive back university. So you can't go wrong taking a guy from FSU if he's playing in the secondary. I would take him just for the throwback. Just who's wearing 22 on the Patriots right now? Does anybody have that number? I, I, I would make, any, or, oh, I would God, make them teamer. give it up. I would make them give it up and give it to Asante Samuel Jr. And I would also make him just wear Samuel, not Samuel Jr. or Samuel 2. <laughs> it's funny enough, they actually resigned him. So I don't think he'll give they? up. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll give up number two. Uh, the number yeah, prob- probably not. As and much we'll, as much as I may want it. So I guess we can get into talking about what other than the quarterback are the Patriots draft needs, because they took every player under the sun in free agency, and it's not <laughs> it's not like they just signed them for one year and then that's it. Like uh, the biggest thing to happen in Patriots free agency was what Stephon Gilmore in 2017 yeah, probably day one free agents at least yeah other than that afterwards it was god a bunch of no-name receivers in 2019 who i don't even think touched the field uh that was the biggest thing to happen in free agency for us this year you bring in 10 different guys so what the hell else are you going to draft for and on top of the draft picks that you haven't seen last year really i mean i'm talking about the tight ends too you took asi asi and keen 
it didn't work out. I think honestly, I think Asiasi will be a third guy on the roster. Why? If you keep a third guy on the roster, big deal. If you had to replace a position after Gronkowski retired, quote unquote, yeah. you had to replace the position. You went with Benjamin Watson. It didn't work out. You then decided to draft a couple of tight ends that also didn't work out. It's poor roster management. Now, if Asiasi turns into a third tight end, great. I think they only spent like a fourth round pick on him or a third round pick or something on him. I do know that they drafted up to get him though. So he was targeted by this team in an offense that requires good tight end play. I just think it's irresponsible to just kind of throw whatever against the wall and hope something sticks. And it seems like that's what the Patriots did at that position the last two years. Now this year in the off season, acquiring or, or signing uh, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, it's going to help out a lot. And I think if we end up with Cam Newton under center, it's going to help him out a lot because he's had success with tight ends like Greg Olson and Carolina. If you're looking at non-quarterback positions that the Patriots are going to have to think about in this draft, I think first and foremost, you're going to have to start with somebody on the offensive line to replace Shaq Mason because he's not, He's not getting worse and it's not even that he's old, but he's coming to the end of the contract and it was a big contract that you had to sign him to, to keep him around. Uh, I think he was actually like the highest paid guard in the history of the NFL at the time that they signed that contract he was making like eight, nine, $10 million a year or something. The offensive line took a hit with, with Tooney leaving. They were fortunate enough to re-sign David Andrews. They brought in Trent Brown. I don't know how long he's going to really stick around for or how motivated he's going to be. The jury's still out on uh, Isaiah Wynn. The only guy that you really have that you know about, other than Andrews, is Michael Oenu. So if they can look at the interior of the offensive line and find a guy, because uh, again, Shaq Mason was taken in the fourth round. I think Joe Tooney was taken in the fourth round. Like You don't need to get a guard in the first or second round and if you've got three fourth round picks yeah I'd, I'd be interested in them looking at offensive line around that area well the offensive line was probably was one of the better things about the 2020 season you know you saw yeah. a lot of promise from Owenu. Wayne looked great when he was healthy in terms of Trent Brown I mean he was fantastic he was great when he was here for uh for the 2018 season and a lot of talk was because he was he was the first player that they signed, at least the first big name player that was going to come back to the Patriots. And a lot of talk was, all right, so we're getting a pass protector. That's who we're investing in at Trent Brown. That was kind of your initial thought of, all right, they're going to try to go after a quarterback. So I think your O line, I think you're kind of kind of set. the The offensive line is not an area of immediate need, but if you can take one of these picks you know, a, a later round pick who we know later round anything past really the second round in the NFL, it's a long shot that they're ever going to be a starter in the league. A lot of, some of them turn out, most of them don't. If I'm going to be taking a shot at somebody after the third round, you know, now we're in triple digits in the hundreds, two hundreds. Yeah. That's when I start looking at my offensive line because I don't, necessarily need the best guy on the board to get a serviceable offensive lineman for depth or the future right. or anything like that. So 
if they were going to be looking for more roster ready players outside the quarterback position, yeah, you got to go wide receiver because you still don't have enough. You signed Kendrick Bourne and you signed Nelson Aguilar, but neither one of those guys is a true number one. I don't even know if either one of those guys is a true number two. I wouldn't say, well, uh, I'd say Bourne is a true number two. More than Aguilar. I mean, Aguilar had, what, one good season with the Raiders? Before that, he was with the Eagles, and it was, you know, drops left and right. I don't think Aguilar is, yeah, I don't think he can be a true number one. But I think Bourne is more so, I would solidify Bourne at number two. And I think everybody that has said, well, the Patriots don't value the receiver position. They don't value, you know, it's more about running routes and and getting open and, uh, yards after the catch and whatnot. It's not taking the top off the defense or winning one-on-one uh, jump balls or anything like their offense is going to be different. Right. They're, they're not going to be playing football the way that they did for the last 20 years. That's because if, nobody's that's going to be able to start. Well, I don't think that they're going to be able to. So I was having a, actually it might've been you and I, we were having the conversation, but I was talking to somebody. It was the Brady Belichick argument and how Could have been us. it, it might've been. I feel like I have the the argument with some at least one person every other day, Probably. but it was based on how uh, Belichick's like super spiteful. Like after Brady winning the Super Bowl this year, he's going to do everything in his power to also win the Super Bowl, but he needs to do it in a way that makes him look like he's the reason they won, not the quarterback. Right. It is pretty much a statement of fact at this point, unless you just want to piss somebody off or you're trolling that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Well, that wasn't even an argument after he won his fifth Super Bowl. So Bill's ego is that he needs to win with somebody that's not as good as Brady. You could have Aaron Rodgers on your team and he's not as good as Brady. So stop, you know, looking in the bargain basement for quarterbacks, the most important position in all of sports and swallow your pride and just do what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I got on to that from talking about wide receivers, but well, I know because the biggest, uh, no, because now we're lo- looking at what they did in free agency. They obviously touched them on both sides of the roster, but offensively it's, it's not even close to what our, our roster last year is not even close to what it's going to be this year. And Hunter Henry and uh, Junon Smith, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Nikhil Harry couldn't hold Nelson Aguilar's jockstrap. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, is the wide receiver a necessity to go after in, in the draft? No. I mean, you know, with, with the loss you know, of Julian Edelman, now you got to find a slot guy. It's I think so difficult, be though, Myers, because so. we've, we've got this whole like chicken, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, what's more important, the quarterback or the receiver? Why did the passing game struggle? Was it because you didn't have good enough pass catchers or you yeah. didn't have good enough pass throwers? Well, I, I think it's both. <laughs> well, no, you didn't have either. Right. I mean, let's, let's be real. Yes, Cam Newton was not the greatest towards the end awful. of the year. He was awful. He was awful. Oh, boy. Yes, he was awful. However, your two best performers last year were your kicker and your punter. Mm-hmm. So everybody around Cam Newton sucked. Cam Newton sucked. Your punter and your kicker were the best thing about your season. Belichick right. has only had to worry about drafting a backup 
Actually, right. I think in 2014, that's the only time he had to worry about getting a succession plan for Brady because let's be honest, nobody can predict at that point in a quarterback's career when the hell they're going to retire or start to fizzle out because we well, saw that in 2014. We saw Brady start to kind of teeter a bit. And that was like the height of Belichick's most recent swing in drafting because he'll like he'll have a hot streak and then he'll go cold then he'll have a hot streak then he'll go cold and that like 2014 like if you sandwich 20 starting in 2012 i would say you could go back to 2010 but you go into 2012 you get chandler jones dante hightower both in the first round 2013 jamie collins in the second logan ryan and deron Harmon in the third 2014 jimmy garoppolo in the second that motivates brady James White in the fourth. We all know what James White's done for this team over the last seven, eight years. 2015, Trey Flowers, Shaq Mason, both fourth round picks. 2016, Joe Tooney in the third. Like these are backbone players. They're not franchise players, but you didn't need franchise players. You had one already. But these were guys that you could depend on that could perform in big moments, that could anchor a defense, that did what they were told. For the most part, Jamie Collins did. Uh, and had a lot of success with the team. You know what? That brings up a good point. Talking about the quarterback in terms of drafting, obviously everybody has been very unhappy with how Belichick has drafted in the past, what, three or four years, we'll say. 17, 18, 19. So wouldn't you say that? Because ultimately you had the guy. (laughs) You had the guy in Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever you really want that to mean. You kind of saw a little glimpse of that in 2016 when the Patriots surprisingly Went three and one without Brady. Wouldn't you say Brady is a little bit at fault too? Because there was that whole thing in 2017 that like, you know, Kraft got involved and Brady didn't want Jimmy G around and it was either Brady or nothing. So wouldn't you say Brady's, yeah, he's at a little bit of a fault, which maybe he didn't want a Vince Young kind of scenario going into New England. Well, I mean, he holds responsibility for how he handled himself. Um, I will say that the writing was, was on the wall in 2017. It was after that Super Bowl where Malcolm Butler did not play except for one snap on special teams. There was a lot of trust lost in, in the locker room. There had to be, I mean, I don't know. I have any inside sources, but starting in 2017, there did seem to be some tension building. What did we get in 2017? We got, uh, the first pick that they had was in the third round because they had acquired Brandon cooks. So you say, all right, a wide receiver in the first round for Brandon cooks. It helped. Yeah. We even left that. Oh my God. We even left that out of that year. Brandon cooks along with Gilmore. It helped in 2018. Your picks helped kind of, but I would say that they are incomplete in terms of whether or not they were good selections. Cause in the first round you go, Isaiah, Wynn, he didn't even play for you that year. And then you go Sony Michelle and he was very good for you in the playoffs. One of the reasons why you won the super bowl, but for a first round pick, especially considering he was taken before Nick Chubb. And that's what happens with a lot of these selections. We'll look at the player and we'll say, He's a good player, but they could have had this guy. And as oh, look result, at Nikhil Harry. How many? Yeah. Rece- oh my God! How many receivers oh. were taken before him? One. Or I'm sorry, after even after him, all of them. <laughs> oh my God! It's it's crazy. It's just 
you want to talk about the biggest bust, it's Nikhil Harry. I'll be shocked if he's if he's even on the roster at this point. He he can't he can't keep up with any of the guys that they just signed in free agency. Jacoby Myers was better than him and he was undrafted. Yep. Yeah. And much better than him. He's and he has been for the last two years. Uh getting back to the last four drafts, because they have drafted so poorly, they've had to bring veteran talent onto the team, which as we all know, usually costs a little bit more, whether it's through finances or collateral, like a trade. Yeah. And when the veterans that you bring in don't always work out, like Mohamed Sanu, Antonio Brown, um, I mean, Cassius Marsh didn't really like hurt them or anything, but you run into some problems when you're paying guys and you're depending on guys and they don't really follow through. If you draft a guy and he's a bust, he's on your team for three years until his money's no longer guaranteed. And then you cut bait with him. Right. And you're not really going to know if he's a bust until year two or three. So it kind of times out. Well, I mean, I kind of lost. They have a lot. (laughs) They have a lot of needs, Andrew. They do. Honestly, you opened my eyes a little bit. Not to say that, like, oh, you know, free agency. They're all, <laughs> I, I hope. they're all, they're fine. They don't need to drive anybody. It's, but it does make you think because the Patriots don't do this very often. They don't take ten guys in free agency, like we said. You know, in 2017, their two biggest guys were Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And then because of the acquire of the uh, acu- the acquiring of Brandon Cooks, they didn't draft until the third round. This mm-hmm. year you take 10 guys, so it kind of makes you think, well, what the hell are we going to take? You know, what are we going to do in the draft? Especially, all right, so linebackers. Who'd you draft last year? You drafted Josh Uche and... Uh, Anthony Jennings. Anthony Jennings. You bring back Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy, one of those guys that, you know, Belichick cuts loose, go make your dough in Miami, and okay, you know, come back for nothing. Did you see his Twitter video, by the way? Uh, the one when he signed with the Patriots or the one where he was doing like the number change. Oh yeah. He wants to wear number three, right? Yeah. I think I saw that somewhere. We'll save those rule changes for another day. I think it's Mm -hmm. stupid, but um, yeah, the one where he was like, you know, Pat's nation, I'm back. And it's like, all right, you were saying the honeymoon was over. Like (laughs) we, yeah, week, uh, what was it? Week 12 that we played him or I don't know. That we lost, and it's like, all right, yep, you're back. Very yeah. awkward video. It, it was a little awkward. I, I also don't know what we're going to get out of Van Noy. Like, nah, I think me he's, neither. He's, look, he's an NFL linebacker. And... Is it kind of going to be like the Jamie Collins reunion? Is it going to be like that? Because Jamie Collins was a no-name after week two in 2018. 2019, excuse me. Yeah, I mean... He's not going to be the anchor. Getting Hightower back is going to help out the most in that position. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. But having Hightower and Van Noy as two linebackers on this year's team that you didn't have on last year's team should help. But It's a huge learning yeah. curve for Uche and uh, Jennings. That's why I think it's so important that they get a guy like Micah Parsons, Parsons. available. Absolutely. I think if we don't see anything happen by, like, again, Carolina's eighth pick, in terms of the Patriots trading up, because I think it's more likely that they're going to trade up than trade down. I don't think this is a year that they want to trade down. There's no value in that unless they get a guy. But 
uh, I mean, get a guy and, you know, if they trade for somebody, right. but um, yeah, you got to go linebacker then. You got to bring in Micah Parsons. Uh, I, and again, like we said, cornerbacks really are. I don't know. I can't really think of anybody in the first round that was going to go off the top of my head. But yeah, you bring in Micah Parsons. And then I think that's, that's, you know, that's a pretty good line, linebacking core that you got. I, and then also, you got Jennings and uh, Uche to learn because Uche, yeah. I saw in 2020, he played with a little bit of explosiveness, explosiveness too. He mm-hmm. had a little bite in him. So I was I was happy with what I saw from Uche in terms of development in a year where you didn't have OTAs, you didn't have you know summer camp. Look, I am super hopeful that Chase Winovich and Josh Uche turn into stud and rushers because I think that's what they would be used for primarily. Whether they're running like a, a down lineman position or they're standing up at the the linebacker spot. I want two guys on the left side and the right side that can just cause havoc. Chase Winovich, we've seen struggles in the run game. So I could see them definitely adding a defensive lineman or a defensive end. Again, Pay, as we've talked about, could be a possibility. Uh, Linebacker, again, if we can address that with Micah Parsons, I think you're pretty much set. Corner and safety are the two positions that you don't need well well with the retirement you, of patrick chung i think right. you should add a safety in there it sucks because oh man if duggar had at least one year to learn under chung because i thought duggar had great progression last year yeah he was good and i was hard on him at the beginning because he was 25 years old when he got drafted yeah there were some was, points in, there were some points three, in coverage wait, andrew hold on a second when Kyle Duggar, because I will never let anyone live this down, even if he turns into a Hall of Famer. When Kyle Duggar was drafted, he was three months older than David Pasternak. I did not know that. Yep. <laughs> wow. I mean, he's always going to be three months older than Pasternak, but it just put things into perspective how old this guy was coming from yeah. Division Two. Yikes. I didn't he, played, know. <laughs> he, look, he, play, he played well last year. He seems to be uh, in a good good place for his skill set, so yeah. I won't be hard on him going forward. I'm just gonna say that pick was really weird at the time. I will. Oh, of course. I will say he did look a little lost in coverage last year, which is why it would have been great to have Chung kind of coach him up a little bit and uh, Duggar learn under Chung for a year. I mean, Chung rightfully retiring with a great career. Mm-hmm. Injured, very injured too. Um, in injury history, I would say. Didn't he break mm-hmm. his arm in the last Super, in the Bowl, Super Bowl that we played in? Yeah. Yep. Kind of like Rodney Harrison esque. Oh. You remember he broke his broke his forearm against the uh, Panthers. But yeah, I think Duggar's go to right now in terms of learning has got to be coverage. I think other than that, he's because that was the name of the game for the Patriots defense last year. Right? Was rush, 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 rush which is why we got to see a lot from Uche and uh, Jennings. And, you know, now they're going to be able to learn under those guys. And it sucks that Chung is not going to be able to learn under Duggar yeah. as a strong safety, because that's what Duggar is going to, you know, obviously that's what Duggar is. So maybe, you but know, they, maybe he can they learn still it. do have Adrian Phillips. And he, I think he's a good, you know, he's that type of box safety who can come down close to the line. He's just not a big guy. Yeah. And we saw that a lot where he was, basically your best linebacker or your most efficient linebacker. 
uh, <laughs> it didn't look good. Um, but yeah, the secondary is going to need to be another position or an area that New England's going to have to look at in the draft. And yeah. and from what I know or what I've heard, I am thinking the safeties aren't really high end safeties this year. So if you take one early, you may be reaching. Uh, there's a couple of really good corners at the top that I'm familiar with, but again, that's going to come at the the cost of what you want to do with pick number 15. And I think the best thing that I've heard rumor wise so far this week about the draft is new England takes pick number 46, trades it to San Francisco, gets Jimmy Garoppolo. And with pick number 15, they get, whatever receiver is left on the board, because there's probably going to be a receiver left on the board, whether it's Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, you can get a, a really good player to pair with Jimmy Garoppolo. And now you really got something on offense with the tight ends, with the offensive line, with the running backs that you, you know, you can count on. Uh, I think that would be the best case scenario for them. But I also don't think it's going to happen. That's not because I'm really uncertain about how much, like, how much does New England really want Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, is the want and need still, does that, is that equivalent to how much Belichick loved him when they, you know, when he drafted him in 2014 and what he saw in 2016 in the two games that he started? Because again, he can't stay healthy. It's buying like a used car at this point. Right. It's like, you know, maybe you leased it, you know, for one year and, oh man, you loved it. You knew it where everything was and had such a great ride. And then you invested in one that, you know, the engine shit out on you in the middle of the year. Actually, we'll say after week two. But now it's like, you know, oh man, I leased this car and I see it's back on the market. Got a couple of new tires. You know, suspension's a little weary. Do I want it though? Do I really want that back? Because he's not worth, it isn't worth anything more than the second pick. And if anybody tries to convince you that he's worth that number 15, that that number 15 in the first round, they're out of their mind. Yeah. He's not worth that. Especially considering he does kind of control his own destiny. And I don't think he's going to want to go somewhere. Like if Chicago came calling and they said to San Francisco, Hey, we want to acquire Garoppolo. We're willing to give you whatever pick they have. I don't even know if they have a first round pick this year. I think they do, but it's after New England because they made the playoffs, even though they were absolute trash. Uh, uh, Chicago comes calling and they say, we want Garoppolo. We'll give you our first round pick for him. Would it be wise for Jimmy to say, yes, I'll go to Chicago, but I won't go somewhere else. Like if the Patriots offer up, I think he'd go to New England over Chicago. Uh, Just for the fact that he knows what he's walking into with Belichick. Right. I know it's obviously the best system. Only because the thing, the thing that I want more than anything out of this weekend is for me to realize that they have a direction as a as a franchise that they're going somewhere, and we can kind of see where we're going as a franchise. Right. And a motivated Belichick. I want a motivated Belichick, and I don't think anybody's going to motivate Belichick more than having Jimmy Garoppolo on his team. See, I told who was I? I think I was talking to this about my talking with about this with my brother. 
and like how much would it go up Brady's ass if he came back and just I'm not I'm in no way shape or form am I saying we're gonna win a Super Bowl do I want us to no am I predicting that right now no that's not what I'm doing but how much would it go up Brady's ass if he's got Jimmy Garoppolo back and oh oh man just won it all I think it would be awesome. Oh my God. That's a and better story think, than if Newton comes back and does and it. And then, and then I think Brady would probably play another five years just so he could try and win two more. Like the, I would love for these two guys to just keep going at each other for an eternity and, until they basically get told they're kicked out of the league. I think that would be awesome. Brady uh, V Garoppolo in Los Angeles. I, I always, were you a Garoppolo guy when he was on the roster? I thought, you know, it was, I, I was convinced that it was the succession plan, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, oh, this is all right. We're going to be set another, you know, 10 years of playoffs. I wasn't were you, like, eh. were you ever ready to move on from Brady? Oh, hell no. Who could be? But that's the thing in 24. Okay. So are you talking about like in 2014 when we drafted him? I'm or... talking the entirety of him being on that team. So 14 to well, 17 to I halfway mean, I would... through year 17. I would exclude 14 because we saw it, you know, uh, what, what week was it? Was it after Kansas city where, you know, week Bill, media was, you know, the media was asking Bill like, all right, so we've seen a quarterback change and he laughed it off. He kept Brady in there and then they went won a super bowl. So I won't, ex- I'll, I'll exclude 2014. But again, Bill, you know, Bill had to, he had to start thinking about the team. He had to start thinking about a future because again, nobody can predict when a quarterback's going to go that long. If you were to ask Bill Belichick if like, hey, do you think Brady's going to last until 2021 and go win a Super Bowl in 2020 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he'd be like, dude, I don't really think he's going to play. I think he might retire in 2016. We could all be dead by Sunday. (laughs) Exactly. You just (laughs) but how many how many times have we seen quarterbacks before Brady fall off the face of the earth? A lot. Montana. Montana did not have a great outing with the Kansas with the Chiefs. We saw what happened to Brett Favre, a quarterback who highly underachieved in terms of Super Bowl wins. Peyton Manning, again, fell Peyton off Manning. the face of the earth, even though Let's... he went out with a Super Bowl. Um, because your even defense. Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he's st- sticking around, but the guy is nowhere near the level that he was three years ago, even. Drew Brees right. fell off the face of the earth. Like, it happens with quarterbacks. Yeah. And because of injury Belichick... and everything else. I mean, injury, you think of Drew Brees. He couldn't throw yeah. pass. You want to talk about guys who couldn't throw? He didn't have the type of accuracy down the field that he used to have. That's why you saw deep 50-yard throws by uh, Taysom Hill. Or Jameis Winston. Or Jameis Winston. I mean, hell yeah. That's his or, team. That's his Jacoby team now. In Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers. like Phillip Rivers another guy. Yeah. It happens. It happens to pretty much everybody. Matthew except Stafford you could see Matthew Stafford just absolutely crap himself this year. I could see that, but I could also see him having a really good year. Oh, yeah, it's 50-50 at this point. I mean, it's a completely different team and roster, really. But to see what they do in the draft. Yeah. In 2014, you got to, you know, Bill had to start thinking about the team a little bit. He, You know, because, again, nobody can predict at that time. Brady was, what, 37? 37. Guy's going to be 40. We got to start thinking about the team. Right. No, I I think that the Jimmy Garoppolo draft pick won yeah. you two Super Bowls. Yeah. 100% think that. And maybe there should have been a contract re-signing right after 2016. Yeah, probably. After well, well, he 
we'll never know back after you spot them 28 points with your glorious defense. Well, seven of those points could be accredited to Tom Brady's pick six, but right. Yeah. I would say the year after the day after he wins that game, you fucking sign him to a contract extension, right. but it's tough. It's tough to say because he's 39 at that time. Right. Like, that's what a lot of people don't take into account. Like how could you already sign him? Cause he's 39 freaking years old. He could have, he, he sucked in the beginning of 2014. He could have started to suck in 20, 2017, 2018, 2019, but he didn't. Right. I hope we can continue this conversation in terms of the, the Tom Brady era in New England yeah. in another another show, perhaps maybe when he comes to uh, New England. It's going to be fun. It's a big game. So, yeah, I, I would like Garoppolo. If I, if I don't get – I like Fields. I'm intrigued about Lance. I think Mac Jones would just be too safe of a pick. I don't get one of those three guys, though, I definitely want Garoppolo. Definitely want Garoppolo. Would you say that's your final prediction? My final prediction? Yes. My final prediction, actually. Micah Parsons with pick number 15 move back into the later section of the first round and get Quidipay. That's my that is my on the record. I've already made that prediction once before. It's now twice in podcast form, so not writing, but on Close the record, enough. that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. They're going two guys in the first round, Micah Parsons and Quiddy Pay. It's just oh man, this show has kind of, this first episode is a little all over the place, huh? It is all over the place. <laughs> this but is my brain. This is my this brain. <laughs> that's what this offseason has been so far. This whole uh, this whole thing has just been so unsure. I've been so unsure about what that it, now. Now it's just like, what are we going to do about the quarterback? That's the only unsure thing that we have going on. But now it's just like, what are we going to do about this entire roster? Because we mm-hmm. got to just cut this thing down to a, just right down to the stem of it. And it's, that's what they it, did. Now we got to focus on the quarterback. But this 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 whole episode was just. We were all over the place because we don't know what the hell is going to happen. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I think you could sum it up. If we were going to come out with like a five-minute synopsis episode, we could probably sum up this this draft preview as uh, New England is either going to disappoint you or shock you. But you're not going to know how to feel immediately after the draft. It's going to take some time. I will say this. More likely that they draft uh, that they draft that they trade up rather than out or down in the first round. If you're going to get Jimmy G, it's that second round pick. If they tra- if and I don't expect them to do this, and I hope that everybody in New England would. But if they traded that 15th pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, if they really wanted him that bad, I'm driving to one Patriots place and I'm smacking the shit out of Bill Belichick. Sorry, I am. He's not worth that first round pick, no, but he's, he's definitely, definitely worth. He's definitely worth the second. It's it's used goods that really can't stay healthy. Get rid of that second pick by all means. You got another nine, you got another eight after that that you can use. They got 10 picks this year. So I don't know what they're gonna do with them. And this is the first year that we have to find a quarterback. Yep. Oh man. Nick, what a hell of an episode. Andrew, this has been it's been an opportunity for me to vent. More than anything. Right. I think we can spit our takes, but also spit that hot fire. It's so funny because we typed up a rundown and we said what we were going to do. 
I'm pretty sure the only thing that we really got in there was just, what do we think of the draft picks? What the hell are we going to do a quarterback? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we, we talked about free agency and how yeah, yeah. Drafts and everything. we did. Yeah. We, and we, it's it, because it's so important. It's what the story is. It would kind of be like, we, we would be doing our listeners a disservice, Andrew, oh, because course. we would be burying the lead. And that's the worst thing you can do in podcast form because you can't just like skip to the middle and know exactly what they're talking about. Like, oh, I'm no, middle I'm of not. an article. We're just gonna have to see what happens in the draft. We got ten picks. I think we're both in agreement that we would like to see Jimmy Garoppolo here at some capacity. Definitely not for that for for that fifteenth. And that if they don't get a QB in the first round, whether it's from that draft class, then it's gonna be Micah Parsons, Quiddy Pay, some sort of defensive player. As I said in the beginning. Chapter one of a long story. Yeah, we're certainly in for it, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> you, we might, yeah, they might draft a QB or they might trade for a quarterback, but we're definitely not going to know who's the starter until week one, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, man. Well, Nick, I thank you so much for giving us your time because we got a lot more to do. Absolutely. Anytime. This is great. Like I said, I just get to talk. I think every Monday we're going to do this. Nick, I mean, I hope you survive until Thursday night. Because the anticipation yeah, yeah. is growing. <laughs> the anticipation is growing. But uh, and I'm sure we'll be in contact until then and you know, be like you said, in disappointment or in you know, dancing in the streets with what the Patriots do. But ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna do it for the first episode, the launch, the debut of the Eminem football show. All right, from for Nick Mara, I'm Andrew Meehan. We'll see you next time.